0: You're listening to episode 103 of the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we talk about how it's totally normal to hold contrasting beliefs and not as hypocritical as you think. Welcome to the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we explore how to use the science of psychology, Eastern spiritual practices like mindfulness and compassion, and the game changing work of self coaching so you can free your mind. And free your life. I'm your host, Anna Verzoni. Hey, hey, rebels. I'm doing something kind of out of the ordinary here. I'm recording this little snippet way in advance. (laughs) Because trust me, I'm not like that much of a do things in advance person, but I just found out I'm able to go on my long awaited semi silent meditation retreat at Spirit Rock. It was about to get thwarted by COVID, but I'm officially out of the risk window and I tested negative. So I have six hours to pack and sleep and be on a plane for San Francisco. Yikes! <laughs> so I will be oming my butt off for you at an in-person retreat at Spirit Rock, my first one since 2020 when they were stopped. And I called it a semi-silent retreat because it's like a retreat for geeks, We're a group that's together for two years, a small group, and we spend those two years reading the traditional texts and modern commentaries on the teachings, and we receive homework and meditation guidance and mentorship and all this awesome stuff. And then on our retreats, together, we get periods where we discuss and debate and do deep dives. It's going to be so cool. I'm really excited about it. Anyway, this means I don't have the ability to record a new podcast for you next week. so. I'm going to share with you one that I recently received a lot of positive comments on because um, with the 100th episode celebration, a lot of people were telling me what their favorite episodes were. And this was one of them. And it's about how to live in polarity, or in other words, how to live with contrasting beliefs. We often think if we believe two things that seem contradictory, that we're wishy-washy or hypocritical. However, it's actually totally normal to live in polarity like this. And learning how to hold two seemingly contrasting beliefs at the same time is a true Jedi mind skill that will serve you well. So learning to be comfortable with the parts of yourself that seem like they shouldn't be in the same room, let alone the same brain, (laughs) is key to living authentically and compassionately. So. I highly recommend you take the time to listen to this one. Enjoy. Pura Vida, my friends. I just got back from a whirlwind business retreat with the incomparable Susan Hyatt. And y'all, let's just say she over-delivered. For me, she's a great role model for when it comes to over-delivering for my clients. For example, we got massages every freaking day. Every day. Yeah, that's a thing. Crazy, right? I mean, I was only there three full days, but it was awesome. I'd never done anything like that for my body before and I'm loving it still today. So anyway, I get back to Alaska last night and inevitably on routes when I'm coming back from Hawaii or someplace like Costa Rica and people hear I'm going back to Alaska, they say, wow, that's really different. And I'm like, yeah, it really is. and both aspects of that contrast are a part of me. It's like I've been able to create this life where I can do both intense mountains and wilderness that push my physical boundaries and comfort zones, as well as a place that makes it easy as fucking possible to be a human being. Like I could lose all my clothes and still survive in Hawaii, right? So we are complex beings made up of contrast. Religion and sex, discipline and wildness, security and freedom. There are dichotomies everywhere. It's nature, yin and yang, and we are a part of that. All us crazy ass humans are a part of that. Yet often we are asked to choose one aspect of ourselves or the other. We are a culture of polarities and one in which there is often no middle ground. And in the culture uh, that a lot of us live in, it's often considered hypocritical to stand with one foot in each of these contrasting spaces, right? We are encouraged and often forced to choose one or the other. How can you be a Buddhist who eats meat? That's so hypocritical. How can you be all about freedom, then tell me I have to have more discipline in my life? How can you claim to prioritize your children's security, yet want to get a divorce and quit your job? How can you feel sometimes like a man and sometimes like a woman or sometimes like nothing with such a label, right? There isn't much room for holding opposites or contrasts in this same space. yet this is often where the deep and juicy work happens. The stuff that changes us, evolves us, strengthens us. You may be familiar with the image of the Taoist Tai Chi or yin yang symbol that reflects what I consider to be a fundamental truth of life, that life is full of polarities. The yin-yang symbol was actually my first tattoo on my ankle because when I was 18, it was like one of the first things I did y'all when I got out of the house, but I knew I wanted to get something that I wouldn't regret when I was old and wrinkly around my ankles. And there weren't many things I could think of in my 18-year-old brain that seemed like universal and perpetual truths, but this was one of them. In this image, it's it's like a circle. If you haven't seen it before, it's like a circle with two halves, one side black and one side white. And it's not like a straight line down the middle dividing the circle in half. Like, how do I describe the line? So, I mean, like I have a medical background. So, I mean, to be honest, like right now in this moment, it sort of like, seems like the halves are divided. So they look kind of like two fat sperm. <laughs> Oh wait, Okay, so another analogy is like swirly teardrops, like the kind of like curved teardrops, like bulbous at one end, and then they kind of like taper down, right? But they're curved. So like curved teardrops, they're kind of spooning each other. And you can search for an image of it if you're not familiar with it. And within each side, there's a small circle of the other side. So like the black side has a small circle of white in it. And the white side has a circle of black in it. And these are the opposites, which at their extremes actually evolve into the other. This is the spooning image of the curve. It's like as the luminous aspect of one half reaches its full expansion, it starts to morph into the darker aspect, right? And as the darker aspect reaches its full expansion, it starts to morph into the the slightest glimmer of the luminous aspect yeah and each aspect has a part of its opposite within itself as well like like if you picture the circle with the two halves like each side has a little like almost small circle like an eye almost of the other color right you can't have one without the other they need each other like light needs darkness to even exist. The contrast is required for the experience of each of those. The contrast needs to be there to notice the qualities of each, to experience each, right? When I was in the desert on the wilderness fast, there was a beautiful person in our group who identified as a man who was desperately torn between two very powerful forces in their life. One was of him as an influential and prominent community leader and ethical role model. Like someone would say even a spiritual teacher of sorts within a fairly disciplined tradition. And the other aspect of them was as a sensual, bisexual, polyamorous lover, right? And by the way, uh, some slight aspects of this story have been changed to respect privacy. But he simply could not see how he could choose between these two very potent parts of his life. He saw them as completely opposite and like utterly divergent realities. And maybe perhaps you have a similar experience with either a a similar polarity or, or a different polarity. Anyway, his soul was fraught with the thought of having to let one go, yet He felt so hypocritical being both at the same time because he saw them as totally contradicting and incompatible and his suffering was palpable. And all of us spend more time in a very similar space than we may realize. Maybe you're like me, leading a fairly healthy life or even coaching others to do so. And then you head into a fast food restaurant every now and then, and you feel kind of like ashamed about it, right? Or you post on social media about all your time in the mountains and doing yoga on a stand-up pallet board or some shit like that, and then you binge on eight hours of Netflix and pizza the next day. Not posting that shit on social, right? Or perhaps you love your family, yet you feel your soul would wither and die, if you don't go back to school to study something else or that month-long meditation retreat in India or to travel the world, which means less time with your family. Or perhaps like me, you do your best to try and help others show up in the world in a way that's in alignment with their values and want to be kind and giving and say yes, yet you have moments of explosive rage and anger. When your needs get neglected and you feel ashamed and then there's tension between wanting to take the high road and be kind and accepting and generous and the other side that wants to freaking fight for your well-being and your needs, right? And while I may be comfortable talking about it on a podcast, like at least for today, maybe we choose to be quiet about it and not talk about it because we feel shame or embarrassment. Why, freedom junkies? Why do we resist this contrast? Why do we resist these different aspects of ourselves? Why are we ashamed to have competing desires and values and expressions of our energy? Why do we feel so compelled to be so damn boring? Because y'all, being so predictable is actually quite boring. And us humans, we are definitely not boring. And some people may say that there's a flavor of hypocrisy that we feel when we hold two oppositional beliefs, right? And that that is because it actually has to do with integrity and it's a sign that something's wrong. But I challenge that. Like integrity is not about moral perfection, at least not entirely. Like while one definition of integrity is, quote, The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. Another is, and this is the one that I roll with, right? Integrity is the state of being whole and undivided. And look, it's the attempts at dividing who we are into pieces and then neglecting them or casting them away. That tear us apart. It's ignoring our complexity and diversity that truly harms our integrity, our ability to be whole. We all have many parts to ourselves. And I don't mean this in a multiple personality diagnosis kind of way, like now known as dissociative disorder diagnosis kind of way. I mean that like nature, we as humans have contrasting aspects of ourselves diverse aspects of ourselves. They don't even have to like be polar opposites, although that's what I'm saying is part of what exists, but just diverse aspects of ourselves that may want and need different things. And I want to invite us all to spend more time becoming whole instead of trying to pick which aspects of ourselves we deem valid or not. I want to invite us all to allow ourselves to be complex to have polarities, to not cast away parts of ourselves. Okay, so here I want to introduce the concept of the Mandorla. And Mandorla, y'all, is not a Star Wars thing. That's Mandalorian. And while I'm all about Star Wars, this episode is not about that. At least not directly like that. Okay. And most people are familiar with the concept of a mandala, which is like an image or symbol of wholeness. And it's usually circular, usually divided into four quadrants. But a mandorla is different. A mandorla is an image that can be used to demonstrate the concept that there's a space of overlap between two seemingly opposed or contrasting realities. Like in many ancient, Examples, it's the contrast of that between the heavens and earth. But you can use any contrasting thoughts, beliefs, or constellations of your being. So in the mandorla, it's kind of like a Venn diagram. You have like two circles side by side that have a section in which they overlap, like they're slightly overlapped. And if you do that, it's like an almond shape, right? And mandorla is Italian for almond. And When we can stand in the center in that almond shape without seeing two seemingly dissonant concepts as mutually exclusive, we can start to be real, whole, authentic, imperfectly perfect. The mandorla is where the dance between the contrast occurs, the interplay of opposites, the inherent tension between them. And I gave some examples of these dichotomies earlier, but other examples as crazy humans can have are like divine or worldly, feminine or masculine, introvert or extrovert. And in many religions, there's also concepts of good or evil, right? Pure or impure. Most of the time, we identify exclusively within one pole or the other. I'm an introvert, not an extrovert, masculine, not feminine, this, not that. But since that is not how most humans roll. And by the way, not usually how nature rolls, right? I mean, everything in nature, to me at least, I've experienced nature as a bunch of different experiences of things being on a continuum, right? But since that is not how we're trained to be, most humans find ourselves in tension between poles, struggling to live Between poles as opposed to choosing one. We have ideas like, well, I'm that, but also that, and I can't be both. And then this tension's created, right? Or society or my culture or my belief system tells me I can't be both. We can feel like we know who we are, yet also don't know who we are. And this tension, y'all, it can be so painful. And understandably, most people in the mainstream way of thinking do whatever we can to escape it by taking refuge in one pole or the other. But listen, this is not what we do if and when we're doing the deep work of becoming whole and living in true integrity, authentic integrity in our full humanity. And this is a rebellious act, y'all, because it totally goes against the messages we receive from conventional consciousness. Our culture that is often very much forcing us to choose one of the polarities because the tension of being in between and dancing between the two is not supported by the, the thoughts and beliefs and practices of our culture. But on this path, we are invited to dive in deeply and to destabilize the old story we have about who we are and how we identify, what we identify with, and how we identify ourselves as. And to be clear, the goal here isn't some kind of resolution of this tension or like a compromise of some sorts between the opposites, but rather like a full-on going into the tension so we can experience for ourselves the true reality of them existing simultaneously in our being in our unique way so on the freedom school retreat this past summer cuz cuz there's a free in person retreat in alaska for freedom school students every year so yes you should come join us but anyway on this free retreat this past summer there was a participant who had really painful tension Between their desire to be wild and free and also wanting more stability and routine in their life. Now, remember this is only a problem if it's a problem. Like with this client, they wanted to create more stability in their life, but the other identity of the one who is wild and free felt so threatened by it. And it feels threatening because in our minds, we often see such opposites as contradictory and incompatible. And it was a problem for them only because they felt it was holding them back from creating the next important chapter in their life, one where they had more financial freedom and a a place to call home, a space to contain their projects, and a place to develop a regular spiritual practice and to be more present in their community as a leader, a teacher. And this particular tension is not uncommon with my people who are self-proclaimed freedom junkies and rebels, right? So it makes sense. And whenever we see things as it's either this way or that way, there's a closing up of the heart and mind going on. What is possible when we can be open to the idea that we can hold two ideas, two beliefs, two parts of ourselves at once, that we can be Two things are on a continuum of two things at once. I believe it is in this space that the deep and powerful work is done. It's where we start to become whole again, integrate, express our authentic integrity, our wholeness of who we are. So if you have two parts of you that feel at odds that are like tearing you apart, it's really important that you begin to explore that. So here's how a mandorla practice could look like for you. Because you know, here on Rebel Buddhist, we don't just talk about, hey, you should be more kind or more mindful or more confident or like hang out on the continuum, right? But we also talk about how. So try this mandorla activity that I learned from one of my mentors, Bill Plotkin, okay? So I'm going to give you a few of the steps. All right, so You can do this on the outside or indoors, but if outside you can like draw into the sand or the dirt or make a thing with like pine cones or rocks, or if you're on a slab of granite and, or like inside and you can't like alter the floor, you can just mentally imagine this. Okay. Two overlapping circles, each about like eight feet in diameter and have one of these aspects of yourself. For which there's tension between polarities, like some of the examples I gave earlier, have one of these aspects of yourself on your right and the other on your left. And you can either sit on the ground or on the floor or in a chair. All right. Next, stand in one circle facing the other circle and embody the aspect that you're standing in as fully as you can. Right. So, for example, let's say your opposites are being wild and free versus wanting more structure and stability in life. So maybe you feel a strong pull towards each but you can't imagine you can't imagine having both at the same time. Now, perceiving not the reality but the perception of this incompatibility is a key part of a mandorla. So if you can't imagine having both it's not a true opposition for you so this This exercise kind of isn't applicable to that, okay? So let's say you begin with wild and free. Walk into its space and as fully and expressively and effusively as you can, embody the values and benefits of living wild and free without plans or schedules or commitments. Tell stability on the other side that you have the invaluable gift of being wild and free one that can't be squashed or suppressed or else it would be the death of you, right? Like really milk it. Make the most hardcore arguments you can for why that current side you're standing in is right. Think of everything you can. All the low blows about the other side tell stability, how it's boring and empty. And by embodied, I mean with your body, like use gestures or your posture as well as your voice. And be sure to feel in your body that you are absolutely speaking truth in this moment. Like when you're arguing for wild and free, that you believe everything that's coming out. Because trust me, that's going on inside of you, whether you're aware of it or not. And you may even surprise yourself by what you say or how your body expresses it and how you feel. It's like you're handing the mic to this side, right? And when you feel you've completely embodied and expressed the first side of that polar opposite, like when you're like fucking mic drop right now, then step into the other circle. So in this example, stability. Then you want to do the same. Move, dance, emote, and verbalize about how stability is the bomb diggity, how it's the most important quality in your life right now, how it's absolutely, unquestionably necessary to be all about stability, all the things your mama or priest or sister or boss would want you to say, if that's applicable. So pull out all the stops, not to convince wild and free of anything, but to show it the undeniable truth of a life of stability. Full on, pedal to the metal, no BS championing for that side. And then you keep moving back and forth, between the two circles. And your goal is to increase the felt experience of the tension until it becomes exhausting or unbearable. For example, let's say you're super attracted to wild and free a lot more than stable, then head over to stable and embody it even more intensely until it feels bigger than wild and free. Then go back to wild and free and so on, back and forth. Then when you feel complete, as if both sides have expressed themselves fully, sit in the middle, in the mandorla, where the two circles overlap, where they dance. When you do this, feel the pull from both directions and let the tension have its way with you. It often feels really uncomfortable. So if this is true for you, do the activity again. And again, arguing back and forth for each side. And then once again, sit in the middle and keep doing this until you feel all arguments have been exhausted. Both sides fully heard. I mean, really, it's like until you feel spent, right? And then sit in the mandorla again. Be mindful of what happens in your mind, in your psyche, and to changes in energy or physical sensations, because your goal in the mandorla is not to learn something, but to be changed. And eventually in the mandorla, it's really common that eventually you will likely start to see that things are really not as they seem. They aren't as black and white as you thought. They aren't as contradictory. They're actually not so separate, not so mutually exclusive. Now, it's important to differentiate that the Mandorla practice isn't a way to make decisions between two incompatible choices, like between two romantic partners or two job offers or two places to live. It's not about helping you make choices. It's not about finding solutions, resolutions, or compromises to a situational dilemma. It's actually the opposite of a solution. As Bill Plotkin says, you want it to trigger a dissolution of your identity through the intrapsychic tension of these opposites. And a mandorla practice with any type of opposition is also very rarely a one-time thing, okay? You'll want to return to it like at least a few times over a period of days or weeks, and you know it's working, when your former identity and beliefs are crumbling. It might even feel like you're physically falling, like in your dreams when you feel like you're falling. That's your old identity and the concept of separation crumbling. So Rebel, what seemingly contradictory beliefs, thoughts, or aspects of your being do you have in your life that are difficult to reconcile right now? What? Aspects of your being, what parts of your being feel incompatible right now? Like, is there anything that you're feeling that you have to choose between because it seems so contradictory to actually be both? Are you not taking action towards your dreams because you're stuck in this push pull dynamic? Are you not experiencing and living life to the fullest because of being stuck here? try this practice. And you can tweak it if needed to make it your own, but really explore how you can truly embrace all parts of you, even seemingly polar opposites. And that doing so is a part of true integration, of authentic integrity, of becoming whole, of accepting all of you. When you arrive at a place where you can embrace these seemingly opposite aspects of you, you're not being a hypocrite. A hypocrite is, quote, a person who acts in contradiction to their stated beliefs or feelings. Listen, when you act in a way that ignores your true beliefs or feelings, that is being hypocritical. When you accept yourself entirely, all the parts, you are not acting hypocritically. You are human, complex. And when we integrate all this, we are whole in integrity. Do you want to dive deeper into this work? Enrollment for Freedom School is open right now for May. So head over to joinfreedomschool.com. And If you're ready to adventure and journey with me later this year in Hawaii and Alaska, get on the wait list at AdventureMastermind.com because registration opens to the public soon. And if you can't decide, just apply and we'll chat about what would be the best fit for you. See you next week. If you like what you heard, please spread the love and share it. And if you know you need some help with this and want to learn more about how to free your mind and free your life, Go to rebelbuddhist.com and grab my free Rebel Buddhist Toolkit, where you'll receive a video training on cultivating resilience, access to the private Rebel Buddhist group where I do weekly live sessions on topics just like this, and a copy of the gorgeous Rebel Buddhist Manifesto, and more for free. That's rebelbuddhist.com.